Ron DeSantis, who on Monday dismissed Russia's invasion as a, quote, territorial dispute and said defending Ukraine was not a vital interest of the United States. Oh boy, are we going to get into Ron DeSantis in this episode? You're not going to want to miss this. Let's uh, let's get this uh, show started. We've got some very important things to cover. Welcome to Open Source News. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and turn on the notifications bell so you don't miss out on real news. Okay, we've got pretty much three major news items we're going to break down in this report. Let's just get right into it. The first thing we had this morning was report that the New York City Grand Jury was going to reconvene to consider the charges against President Donald Trump and that an additional witness might be called. So if you recall, on Saturday, President Trump truthed out, he put a post on Truth Social, that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday. Tuesday came around and nothing happened as far as the arrest of the indictment. Then it was reported that Wednesday they would uh, it would be postponed to Wednesday and that Wednesday an indictment would come out and they would make arrangements for President Trump to be arraigned and actually have to show up in New York next week. That that would take some coordination. That didn't happen. But then we were told but they're going to reconvene again today, Thursday. And guess what? That is happening, except with a very important difference. They are meeting, but they're not going to be meeting on the President Trump indictment. Thursday, New York City Trump grand jury session abruptly canceled. So literally between, there was two hours, two two hours and 18 minutes between the reporting that the New York City Grand Jury was going to reconvene today to consider charges against uh, President Trump. Uh, I believe this this came out of the Wall Street Journal. And then it came out uh, just a little bit later, uh, two hours later of the cancellation. The Manhattan Grand Jury investigating Trump's alleged role in a scheme to pay hush money to an adult film star will not hear that case when it convenes today. According to sources familiar with the matter, pushing the Manhattan District's attorney's probe into next week. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office is trying to determine whether to call back Trump's former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, to refuse... The fixer... CNN. It's CNN. I forgot that for a moment. They called back Trump's former lawyer and uh, Michael Cohen to refute the testimony provided earlier this week by lawyer Robert Costello or to call an additional witness to buttress their case before the grand jury considers a vote on whether to indict the former president, the source familiar with the investigation said. Uh, it's so funny. After all the facts, CNN said, why are they calling Michael Cohen a fixer? He didn't get reimbursed for this money he gave Stormy Daniels. President Trump did not give him money. No money was paid back to President Trump nor his campaign. There's no connection between Michael Cohen paying that hush money, which he took a home equity line of credit out to pay uh, Stephanie Clifford and Trump has denied the allegations and has even said that it was a shakedown or some sort of blackmail attempt. Okay, let's just put that aside. Let's just keep calling him a fixer because it sounds good, even though the guy is a convicted perjurer. 
CNN is also reporting that the earliest the grand jury could meet is next Monday. Uh, and that they're trying to find a witness to give more testimony. Wow. Now, here's what they're saying. Uh, the grand jury will not be convening this week in the case of Donald Trump's hush money. The new reports come after sources told DailyMail.com that Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is having trouble convincing jurors to indict Trump. While the grand jury will return to court Thursday at noon, the panel will be discussing a different case. One source told Daily Mail that they are having trouble convincing the jury to swallow the case. It's a weak case and has caused divisions in the DA's office. Other reports suggest that the DA's office could be contemplating a a change of strategy. Once again, they have nothing and they're trying to... They're trying to come up with something. They're trying to invent a case. Amazing stuff, folks. Amazing stuff. Playing out. The ridiculousness is playing out uh, in front of us. But here's the big news item of the day. Once again, uh, thanks to the Daily Mail. Their article, Is This the Smoking Gun? This is what they have. Michael Cohen claimed he has not reim- he was not reimbursed by Donald Trump or his organization for hush money payments made to Stormy Daniels in a 2018 letter to federal authorities contradicting his recent grand jury testimony. This thing is falling apart. The bombshell document exclusively obtained by DailyMail.com could throw a wrench in the works of prosecutors pursuing a criminal charge against Trump over the payments. Could this be why this is uh, falling apart? This was released last night, late last night, by the Daily Mail. Cohen's Trump, Cohen, Trump's former lawyer and the star witness in the case over which Trump reportedly faces imminent arrest, claims that Trump got him to pay $130,000 to Daniels to keep her quiet about her alleged affair with the real estate mogul just days before the 2016 presidential election. The letter appears to be in direct conflict with Cohen's sworn testimony. He says Trump reimbursed him with personal funds and later pleaded guilty to violating federal campaign finance law over the hush money. After canceling today's session, the grand jury has been asked to return at noon Thursday. Um, The letter appears to be in direct conflict. Let's look at the letter. The letter is from counsel of Michael Cohen, Stephen M. Ryan, to Mr. Jordan of the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission. Dear Mr. Jordan, I am writing on behalf of my client, Michael D. Cohen, in response to your letter dated January 30th, 2018. Specifically, this letter responds to the complaint, uh, to a complaint, which was filed with the FEC. In a private transaction in 2016 before the U.S. presidential election, Mr. Cohen used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to Miss Stephanie Clifford. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Miss Clifford, and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohen for the payment directly or indirectly. Contrary to the allegations in the complaint, which are entirely speculative, neither Mr. Cohen nor Essential Consultants LLC made any in-kind contribution to Donald J. Trump for president or any other presidential campaign committee. Mr. Cohen has not been a government employee during any other relevant time period. The payment in question does not constitute a campaign contribution or expenditure, and therefore the FEC lacks jurisdiction over this matter. The complaint 
The complaints have not and cannot present any evidence to the contrary. Accordingly, the complaint should be dismissed. Smoking gun. And of course, Alvin Bragg had this. The leftists had it or were aware of it and were hoping it wouldn't come to light. Remember, Cohen said under oath that Trump asked me to pay off an adult film star with whom he was having an affair. He, he said, Mr. Trump directed me to use my personal funds from the home equity uh, line of credit to avoid any money being traced back to him that could negatively impact his campaign. But then I just read you the letter. So, smoking gun, fake news, this whole thing, uh, this whole thing uh, in front of Mr. Bragg is falling apart and they're scrambling. Once again, President Trump is the target. They're trying to create a crime. Now, what is DA Alvin Bragg doing? Christina Layla over at the Gateway Pundit reporting this morning, developing Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg lashes out at House Republicans, blames Trump for arrest rumors as his case falters. So Alvin Bragg is leaking all this misinformation and whatever he wants leaked out to the Washington Post, to the New York Times, to other news outlets. President Trump it has his own feet on the ground, has his own people and saying, yeah, look, look, they're looking to arrest you. Maybe it wasn't Tuesday, but they were looking to arrest President Trump and indict him. We know this from other leaks that have happened. You can't have this many people coordinating with law enforcement to put barriers up and, 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 and coordinate the arrest of President Trump without someone talking. Okay, so President Trump says he's going to get arrested. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is leaking information selectively to the friendly, you know, his comrades in the Mockingbird Marxist mainstream media press. And then he says, oh, it's, it's Trump. It's Trump for his arrest of his rumors. And now my case is faltering. How ridiculous is that? And then, of course, I reported that the uh, GOP House wants to talk to Alvin Bragg about this political uh, persecution. And this is uh, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, and House Administration Committee Chair Brian Steele sent Bragg a letter, as I reported uh, on Monday, demanding testimony and documents related to his investigation into the hush payment after Trump said his arrest was imminent. And this was Bragg's response. Your letter is an unprecedented inquiry into a pending legal, uh, excuse me, your letter is an unprecedented inquiry into a pending local prosecution. The letter only come only came after Donald Trump created a false expectation that he would be arrested the next day and his lawyers reportedly urged to intervene. Of course, that's not true because he came out with that on Saturday and said he'd be arrested Tuesday, which would have been three days later. But we wouldn't expect a guy trying to at best, elevate a misdemeanor to a felony to get a a former president. That would be that would have been the best case scenario. But the actual scenario is that there's no there there. Bragg, who is trying to uh, prosecute a federal matter out of the state of New York, had the gall to claim the House GOP probe an overreach into local matters. The letters request are an unlawful incursion into New York's sovereignty. Bragg's office said. Um, he did say that, um, Bragg calls, this is, uh, this morning, this is, uh, this morning, 
the analysis is this. Bragg calls the House GOP effort in overreach into local matters, but offers to meet and confer to understand whether the committee has any legitimate legislative purpose in the requested materials that could be accommodated without impending those sovereign interests. So he is feigning somewhat cooperation. Wow. Uh, uh, and by the way, that was from Max Cohen at Punch Bowl News. You know things are bad and that you have no case when Chucky Schumer, the guy who's always quick to condemn people from President Trump who should not mess with the intelligence community to calling out Kavanaugh, uh, saying that he will pay. He sure seems quiet when asked about Alvin Bragg and his case against President Trump. Look, I think it's premature sure to talk about it. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Yes, go ahead. Do you have confidence in Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA? Look, the bottom line is, as I said, um, it's premature to comment on what's happening, and um, we'll have to wait and see what he does. Yes. Chucky, all of a sudden, doesn't want to jump to conclusions. All of a sudden, he has no opinion on his buddy, with whom he has celebrated his birthday, D.A. Alvin Bragg. Pa- uh, President Trump is able to make a positive out of a negative. New York Post reporting Donald Trump's 2024 campaign hauled in $1.5 million in grassroots contributions since he began alerting his legion of supporters of his possible impending arrest by the Manhattan District Attorney, according to a report on Wednesday. So, making making a lemonade, a lemonade out of lemons. Okay, folks. Things are not going very well for Ron DeSantis and the people that want him to be president. This, this has to be seen. So I started off this episode with the most recent clip of what Ron DeSantis had to say about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. I actually, maybe in no, in not in those exact words that was used by Ron DeSantis, but I essentially agree with him with that statement he made a few days ago that it's not our fight and we've got more important pressing domestic issues than spending all our money in a dispute between Russia and Ukraine. Now, I've commented on how Ron DeSantis to me wasn't a a very noteworthy legislator before President Trump backed him to be the governor of Florida. And he's done a great, fantastic job as the governor of Florida. Let me remind you of what was said by Governor Ron DeSantis while he was in the swamp known as D.C. as a legislator representing Florida when it comes to Ukraine. We in the Congress have been urging the president and I've been to to provide uh, arms 
to Ukraine. Right. Uh, they they want to fight their good fight. They're not asking us to fight it for them. And I think if we had a, a policy which was firm, which armed Ukraine, and I think if you had a Reagan-esque policy of, of strength, um, I think you'd see people like Putin not want to mess with us. If you have a strong defense, if you're projecting strength, and if you're uh, standing by your allies. So that's why it's good to maintain a strong defense. You know, we need to start uh, taking steps uh, to fortify our allies and, and make sure that Russia uh, does not, is not able to project power uh, like they are right now. You guys like me who are, who are more of the Reagan school that's tough on Russia. Okay, folks, I'm not going to debate or talk about the position whether we should be arming Ukraine or not, let's remember that President Trump gave them, what was it, javelin missiles when in the past Obama was giving them blankets. No, what I want to bring up here is the flip-flopping, the being controlled by handlers, the being told what to say and what position to take by Paul Ryan and other handlers of the establishment Republican rhino deep state. And it's coming through Ron DeSantis, pretty obviously for us to see. Case in point, let me replay you what he said just a few days ago. And then now what he's saying as of today or the last few days, as we're getting more information about today's upcoming Pierce Morgan interview. Ron DeSantis, who on Monday dismissed Russia's invasion as a, quote, territorial dispute and said defending Ukraine was not a vital interest of the United States. Now we have this. DeSantis changes his tune on Ukraine, calls Putin a war criminal. All of a sudden, he went from this is a territorial dispute, we've got more important things, to sounding like a neocon The Florida governor and potential presidential candidate previously characterized Russia's war in Ukraine as a territorial dispute, drawing heavy criticism from some Republicans. Establishment Republicans, not MAGA Republicans. Let's be clear about that. After having downplayed Russia's war against Ukraine as a territorial dispute in in remarks to Fox News, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis changed course in a new interview by calling Russian President Vladimir Putin a war criminal who needs to face consequences for his actions. I think he is a war criminal, DeSantis told Piers Morgan in an interview published Wednesday in the New York Post, adding, I do think that he should be held accountable. DeSantis argued that his earlier statement to Fox News host Tucker Carlson had been mischaracterized and that his larger point was that he doesn't think Russia can take over Ukraine or threaten NATO even if the U.S. doesn't escalate its involvement. He said he wasn't suggesting Russia's invasion was justified. I think they have the right to that territory, DeSantis said of Ukraine. If I could snap my fingers, I'd give it back to Ukraine 100%. In the post-interview, DeSantis did take a position on the more complicated dispute within the GOP about whether the U.S. should be sending military assistance or weapons to Ukraine. But I just showed you a whole bunch of clips of where he stood historically on this. But can we trust Ron DeSantis? Or did he just do a major flip-flop right into the campaign talking points and the neocon talking points? Once again, just going and calling him a war criminal sounded like, oh, I don't know, Joe Biden. Remember, 
Vladimir Putin has been deemed a war criminal by the international uh, court who has put out a, uh, a warrant for his arrest as a war criminal. The United States does not recognize the international court. Yet, it seems like Joe Biden doesn't know this. And now we've got DeSantis sounding like a Joe Biden. Wow. Can't make this stuff up, folks. This is why I enjoy what I do for a living now. I am a retired banker, no longer in finance because I get to do this for you folks. Play with these crazy politics. Never a dull moment, even while our country is burning and falling to hell. At least we can be amused by the swamp creatures being swampy, flip-flopping, and changing back and forth. DeSantis, who hasn't announced his intentions yet, is widely expected to run for the Republican presidential nomination. Now, if he does that in Florida, he can also be governor. So that's going to be interesting. That's why he hasn't done it yet. President Trump is saying that he's running for president without running for president because if he does, then that puts in jeopardy his, um, his, his governorship. Surveys show him to be the main alternative to President Donald Trump who is attempting attempting a comeback in 2024. If he runs, DeSantis will be navigating a complicated GOP primary landscape, needing to win over a large share of Trump supporters, as well as a former president skeptics to capture the nomination. And uh, once again, the root of him getting in trouble, DeSantis is with the deep state warmongering military industrial complex neocons is when he said to Tucker Carlson, while the U.S. has many vital national interests, securing our borders, addressing the crisis of readiness within our military, achieving energy security and independence, and checking the economic, cultural, military power of the Chinese Communist Party, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them. His previous comments had earned rebukes from numerous senior Republicans on Capitol Hill who support Ukraine in its defense against Russia's invasion. In other words, DeSantis didn't sound like a neocon and got corrected by those parties and now is sounding like Joe Biden. He was right here. He is wrong now. The flip-flopping, I suppose, or I am uh, going to go out on a limb right now and say the flip-flopping news of one governor, Ron DeSantis, at least when it comes to foreign policy and domestic policy of which he would be over as a president if he were to become president. The flip-flopping has begun. That was the second of the major news stories I wanted to cover for you. The first was the, the updates and all the news having to do with the New York City falling apart case of Alvin Bragg and the supposedly upcoming arrest of President Trump, which looks like is not happening now as a thing falls apart. The second was this flip-flopping of Ron DeSantis when it comes to Ukraine. And I want to end with this last quick story on what are Russia and China up to? Chinese leader Xi Jinping left Moscow this morning, wrapping up a closely watched visit. Yesterday, she and Russian President Vladimir Putin held talks on the war in Ukraine. In an apparent swipe at the West, both nations said it's necessary to, quote, respect legitimate security concerns of all countries. 
Now, what's of concern is a hot mic moment. Just as Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping uh, were ending this conversation, this is what was picked up. Not officially in front of all the people and the whole state thing, but just their closing remarks to each other before they parted ways. After their state dinner, she told Putin they are driving changes not seen for 100 years. A hundred years change we haven't seen in a hundred years. Let's let's look at this, folks. This could be pretty ominous. President Trump seems to think so. So once again, uh, New York Times journalist Valerie Hopkins was the one who tweeted the video. She said it was filmed after the state dinner at Moscow as leaders bid farewell to each other. Xi's interpreter tells Putin in Russian right now. There are changes, the likes of which we haven't seen for 100 years, and we are the ones driving these changes together. Hmm. Hmm. Now, this conversation and its meeting, what do they mean by the likes of which we haven't seen for 100 years? Let's see, 1914? That's over 100 years since the First World War. Or Taiwan being under foreign control. Uh, it's been about a hundred years since, uh, they were taken over by Japan. Is he talking about invading uh, Taiwan? Folks, these are two nuclear powers pushed together because of the villainization of Russia by the deep state, all started by Hillary Clinton and the Russia, Russia, Russia. President Trump was tough on Russia and respected Russia. But then again, President Trump was and is a person of peace and prosperity and not war. And we have this recent truth post by President Trump, and we'll end with this. President Xi's statement to President Putin caught on hot mic was maybe a low point in history for the USA. Bad policy by design by the warmongers, the establishment, Uniparty in D.C. Pushing our two geopolitical foes to be cozy together. And that actually doesn't help the world. It hurts. There you go, folks. Those are the three main stories I wanted to cover for you today. Please do me a favor. Uh, Give me your opinion down below. I didn't introduce myself formally, but I hope by this point you know that I'm Black Conservative Patriot, a.k.a. James, and that I bring you real news every single day, generally twice a day. So if you're on YouTube, please uh, like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. If you're on any other platform watching this show, make sure that you follow or subscribe. Put your opinions and your thoughts down below, and don't forget to share this uh, on social media. We have a sister YouTube channel called The BCP Report. Make sure you check that out. That's where my daughter reports the news with no commentary. She just gives you uh, the straight news. We also have another show called BCP Unfiltered in which I give you the unfiltered take and report on news items, for instance, that are are, are not allowed for me to get into detail and really, really analyze uh, on YouTube. So we do that over on uh, the other show, BCP Unfiltered. You can catch that over at therealbcp.com. Uh, bcpextras.com 
and all of our programming can be found in podcast format. The shortcut is bcppodcast.com. All right, folks, now that we've paid the bills with letting you know where you can find us, also check me out on social media. The links are down below. If you've ever gone uh, to one of these videos on YouTube or other places and you're like, man, people have already seen this video and they've already commented on it and it's an hour or two ago, that's because I often make available on social media links to YouTube videos before I publish them on YouTube. So make sure you follow me on social media. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.